I want to go back and review a little bit from last week, and for those of you that are new, I want to highlight why I've been laboring in this series on supernatural blessing. Uh, I want to establish in our hearts faith so that as we're aligned with the purposes of God, we never have to doubt whether or not God's going to show up or God's going to do what He needs to do to take care of us. How many of you know this is really, really important? The Bible says as things get closer and closer to the end, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And how many of you know you don't want to be part of what's shaken? Amen. You want to have your feet on rock-solid ground. You want to know who God is. You want to know who His promises are. And here's the deal. How many know the promises of God connect us to the person of God? Uh, some people act like the promises are like a slot machine, you know. I've seen people actually like fighting with God. God, you said like God's somehow not for us. How many of you know we, we already established God is for us. If God is for us, who could be against us? God's not a slot machine. The purposes of the promise are to bring us to the person, all right? If I told my daughter on her birthday, hey, honey, we're going to go out and have a special birthday dinner together, then she doesn't come up to me and say, Dad, you told me we were going to do it. I can't. No, she, I'm not her adversary. I'm her daddy. I'm her ble- So she comes to me because I'm the source of the dinner. Does that make sense? She's not excited about the promise. She's excited about what the promise leads to because we're going to spend time together. But we got to get out of this mentality that somehow we have to twist God's arm or convince him to simply fulfill what he said he was going to do. If God before us, who could be against us? Amen? So I got to get that settled in our hearts, which is why that class is so important because we all have an orphan spirit. We all feel like God's really mad at us, like we've disappointed him terribly, like he's, you know, tisking us all the time. And you got to get that out of your spirit to where you enjoy being a son or daughter of God. Amen? It's just you. That's who you are. That's the way that you roll. It takes a lot of work to get that mentality as the default in your mind. And so last week, I took you to a passage because this is important. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And now that you belong to Christ. Wave at me if you belong to Christ. I'm serious. Wave at me if you belong to Jesus. This is amazing. First of all, you need to know that you belong to Jesus. Amen? And not that you belong to him part-time. How many of you know you either belong or you don't belong? So how many of you know we want to belong, like all of us all the time, like the Lord take possession of us? Those that, are, that belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his what? Now, the reason we encourage you to get into the Bible is because an heir is somebody who has an inheritance coming. I mean, no, if you come from a, fa- a family where somebody passes away and they left a will, you might want to know what was in the will because there might have been something for you, but you didn't know about it, and so you didn't go after it. Now, by the way, don't be fighting over wills. I've had people that deal with family members that fight over stuff. Don't fight over stuff. That's not my point. My point is this. There is a tremendous inheritance that comes to us in Christ for those who belong to him and are his heirs. Amen. And look what it says next, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Now, I shared with you last week, there are some people, some churches, they get really religious about this. I've heard people say, well, you know, all those promises to Israel were for Israel. That's the Old Testament. That's not really for us. How many of you have heard that kind of preaching today? We don't need, you know, or or that verse was given specifically to Israel or these types of things. And it reminded me, my my precious little mom here on the front row, if you've never seen her, it's because she's petite, all right? She's tiny, but she's sweet as can be. And if you could imagine, my mom and dad grew up... In, yeah, give, give the lady a give the lady a hand. But my mom and dad were hungry for God. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they were reading their Bibles, and they were reading these passages, and they were sitting in a Sunday school class, and my mom would politely raise her little hand and say, "Um, what does that mean? And the leader would say, well, don't worry about that. That's not for us today. Oh, okay. Cross that verse out. Okay, what's this mean? Oh, don't worry about that passage. That's not for us today. Well, my sweet little mother, after weeks of this, started getting frustrated, and she wasn't disrespectful, but she just went up to the teacher, and she said, you know, I'm hungry for God. I'm trying to read my Bible. Can you just tear out of my Bible everything that's not for me, because I don't want to be bothered with it? I mean, you know, there's a lot of wisdom right there, because if half of it's not for us today, then why do we bother with it? Let's just rip it out and get focused on what is for us today because the rest would be a distraction. But can I tell you this morning, it's all for us today and all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. So if there's a promise in the old covenant, it's yours. Well, how do you know that? Well, because the Bible says that we're Abraham's heirs and heirs according to the promise. Look at, I shared with you last week, 2 Corinthians, by way of review, 2 Corinthians 1.20. All the promises of God find their yes, not maybe, but their yes in Him, meaning in Jesus Christ. That is why it is through Him, Jesus, that we utter our what? Amen. Amen, which is a way of saying yes. Jesus says yes to you, God says yes to you because of his son Jesus. Your job is to come into agreement with him, which is why I need to get you all primed and ready this morning because when we read a passage of scripture that is true and it's from the mouth of God and it's a promise of God, you shouldn't sit there passively. You should be saying, because the promise is no good apart from agreement. That's what faith is. Faith is agreeing with God. How many of you know you don't want to be like Peter? Jesus would say something like, you're all going to deny me, and three days later I'm going to raise from the dead. And Peter goes, no, Lord. (laughs) You don't want to say no to God's yes, because that would be really dumb and really unproductive. When God declares something, our job is to come in line with it and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Not maybe, Lord. Not no, Lord. Not I'm not worthy, Lord. Yes. Say yes to the promises of God. Now, I'm going to share some promises today. They're not mine. They're God's promises from his mouth, but they're staggering, and I hope they hit you like a ton of bricks. How many know we can get familiar with the scriptures to to the place where amazing promises go right over our head? Because we don't realize we're heirs and we didn't bother to, to, oh, that's mine, and to grab it and to take a hold of it. That's what faith does, and your faith is important. Look what it says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Paul says, such things were written in the Scriptures long ago. That means all the way back in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, to teach us. All right, so that means we can learn from the promises and learn from the patriarchs to teach us, and the scriptures give us a couple things. They give us hope. Anybody would like some hope today, all right? Hope is the expectation that God is with you and that your future is going to be okay because you're with him, all right? Hope. Hope for the future, not depression, not fear, not discouragement. Hope, and secondly, how about some encouragement today? Anybody come for some encouragement? The word of God and the promises of God are meant to encourage our hearts, 
as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. That word patiently, we like to cut that part out of there. Uh, patiently, that, that means we, sometimes we gotta press in. Can I share this with you? There are many people who give up on the promise of God. They maybe read it, they go, oh wow, that's great, thank you Lord, and then situations change and you find yourself in a fight. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A fight, a fight for this, a fight for that, a fight to stand, a fight to believe. Can I remind you that the Bible says fight the good fight of faith. That means that our responsibility is to take what God says and to grab a hold of it with bulldog-like tenacity and not let go. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. That's good theology right there because there are many times it's not feeling good. It's not looking good. I sent a, a text message this morning to a brother who's dealing with a lot of situations going on right now. And I said, it might not feel right now like God is for you. But thank God we don't go by our feelings. Thank God we have sure promises. Thank God we fight the good fight of faith when we're not feeling like it and it's not looking like it because God is still moving and his promises are true and he always works on behalf of those who stand in agreement with him. Now you need to know this as well, our, our, our Hebrews 11 chapter, right, the faith chapter, great heroes of faith, some named, some unnamed, but here's the deal, it gets to the end of that chapter after talking about all these amazing exploits and it says some of those folks Rather than receiving their inheritance now, they died in faith believing. Guess what? They are receiving their inheritance. How many of you know eternity is a long, long time? Don't quit on God. Don't give up on God. When it doesn't look right, guess what? The chapter's not done. Don't put a period where God's got a comma. God's not finished working yet. God is the God of miracles. He's a God. He's the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. That's who he is. We just sang that. In fact, you need to put that on when you're going through life this week and you're facing some challenges. Remind yourself of who God is and listen to me and fight the good fight of faith because this is what it says this is not in the notes but this is what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 39 all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith can I just tell you something you want to have a reputation of somebody who believes God let's try that again because I just read you the Bible and I just quoted the Bible, and you all are still sleeping, and it's the 10 a.m. service, which you all shouldn't be. <laughs> I just said we need to labor on having a good reputation of people who believe God all the time to the end of our days. Come on. May, may it be over this place that that is the reputation that we have. Now, let's go to Abraham's place. How many of you know if we, Galatians 3, if we're heirs to God's promise to Abraham. It says it belongs to you and belongs to me. How many of you know we should probably read what God said to Abraham? That would be smart, right? Because that's part of your inheritance. Let's go to Genesis chapter 12. God said a lot of things to Abraham, but we're gonna look here at Genesis chapter 12 because we're talking today about the prosperity of God for a purpose. God says to Abram, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Can I just tell you, you know, Pastor Dick always reminds us of this and when he's teaching the word and with missions, that there is a go in the word God and there is a sat, S-A-T, in the word Satan. There's a reason for that. Satan would like to get you seated doing nothing. 
God would like to get you moving and moving in faith and believing him and moving forward. There's a go in God and there's a sat in Satan. Make sure you do the right thing. God said to Abram, go. And he said, leave. I want to encourage some of you too, you'll never move into the supernatural provision of God until you're willing to leave your old life, the old stinking unbelief life, the life of compromise, the life where you're still in charge. If you don't leave that life behind, you'll never live in the supernatural provision of God. Doesn't mean God doesn't like you. It means you haven't fulfilled what God is asking of you. How many of you know God's always pushing us out? God's always getting, making the nest uncomfortable. He's never trying. If your goal in life is comfort, you're working in disagreement with God and with faith. Some of you are saying, man, I I'm, I'm just want my life to be comfortable. I want to have so much. I'm just, I got my, my, my retirement in place. I got this place. Everything's good. All is good. I can live now. I can relax. No, you're putting yourself in a position that's working at odds with faith. Because the goal in life is never to become personally independent. You always want to be dependent, no matter how much God blesses you. All right, I'm moving on. Look at what it says in verse 2. I will make you into a great nation. At this point, there's just Abram and Sarah. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. And I will bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who treat you with contempt. All of the families on earth will be blessed through you. Five areas here of blessing. I just want to go over them quickly. First of all, how many know the greatest blessing of all is being called by God into personal relationship with Him? Everything else is just stuff. The greatest blessing of all is to know God, to have a relationship with God. God called Abram and he said, I'm going to introduce myself to you and make a covenant with you. How many know God initiated it? Abram didn't know anything about God. It was God taking the lead, God introducing himself to Abram. Look at what it says next. You're going to be blessed with land. Go to the land that I'm, I'm going to show you. Thirdly, God's going to bless him with descendants. He says, you're going to have a great nation. I'm going to make you into a great nation, incredible legacy. Look at the fourth thing. He's going to bless him with honor and recognition. I will bless you and make you famous. And the last thing was favor. God says, I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who treat you with contempt. Can I just share with you, this is why we don't need to hate our enemies. We don't need to go after vengeance. We don't need to attack people. We don't need to defend ourselves. How many of you know if you align yourself with the promises of God and the blessing of God, God becomes your defense. God takes care of your enemies. People that, I just want to say this, the, the worst imaginable place to be in the earth today is working at counter purposes to what God's trying to accomplish. I just want to tell you, my prayer for, for, for instance, for national leaders is, Lord, save them, have mercy on them, turn their hearts towards you, and Lord, use them and bless them as they seek you and as they promote righteousness. But you know what? I pray the opposite for everybody who's wicked. There are people that hate this nation. There are people who hate God. There are people who hate you. They hate Christ. They hate the church. Uh, and I pray, God... Let your curse fall on those people. God, remove them from office. God, remove them from planet Earth if necessary. But people that are working at cross purposes to what you're trying to accomplish, I wouldn't want to be that person. That's called the fear of the Lord. There's not much of it in America today, but that's what's missing, the fear of the Lord. God blesses those who bless us. God curses those who curse us and who work against him. I mean, no, we got our backs covered. The favor of God is on your life. 
So God promises Abraham all these things. Now, now here's where I want to get to uh, the blessing on his descendants. Because if you flip your Bible over a couple of, of chapters or a couple of books, you come to Deuteronomy 28. And I want to pause at Deuteronomy 28 for a moment because I need to put this in context. Deuteronomy 28 should be absolutely stunning to you this morning, to you and me this morning. I mean, it should take our breath away. I wanted to do that. We need to have a fresh encounter with thus saith the Lord God Almighty. Amen? So here's the deal. Deuteronomy 28. God is speaking to the people he just rescued from 400 years of slavery. And I want to I frame this for you. They have no money other than what they stole from the Egyptians on the way out, right? When God said, hey, take their earrings and all their gold. God blessed them. But my point was they had no money. They had no life. They had no job. They had no property. They had no 501Ks, 401Ks. I don't have one, so I always forget those confused, but they, they, have, they didn't have those. They didn't have stocks. They didn't have bonds. They didn't have land. All they had was God and his promises. I'm just putting it into context. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy 28. Is that all in your guys' Bible? You got Deuteronomy 28 in your Bible? I'm just making sure. All right, it's, my, it's in my Bible too. It's incredible. If you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully keep all of his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the world. Now, this is incredible. He said, right now you're just a bunch of slaves hanging out here in the desert with me. But if you'll honor me and obey me and you'll pay attention to what I ask you to do and you'll do it, I'm going to set you high above all the nations on the earth. I mean, this is a stunning promise. How, does, how do you take a people with nothing? They don't even own land. And God says, you'll be, I will raise you up and put you over all the nations on the earth. How many of you know God fulfilled his promise? As we read through the history of, of the Jews and the Bible and God's people, we see that especially under the reign of David and Solomon, they were exalted to the wealthiest, most prosperous, most influential, most powerful nation on the planet. God fulfilled his promise. He did it in a relatively short amount of time. It was a miracle. But look at what it says next. You will experience all of these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Now, I love the way the King James says it. These blessings will come upon you, and they will overtake you. Now, you got to feel this. If one of you, you know, Kenny's my wide receiver. He goes out for a pass. I throw him the ball. He's running down the sidelines to score, and the defense is closing in on him, and they overtake him. That means they jump on his back and mob him and throw him to the ground and tackle him, all right? Because, Kenny, you don't got the wheels that you used to have, all right? You got caught from behind. How many of you know the picture is not of God chasing us down to harm us and tackle us. The picture is God chasing you down to overwhelm you with his blessing. Now, some, I, some of you are like, oh, well, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm worthy. Is that really what? I'm just, will you let the word of God hit you? God's trying to stun you. He's literally saying, I'm trying to chase you down and to overwhelm you with my goodness. Not I'm trying, I will because I'm God. I don't try anything. I just do it because I'm God. I mean, you know, when the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy, right? Psalm 23, will follow me all the days of my life. That means you look back and you go, yep, there they are. They're still chasing me. The goodness and mercy are stalking you. All the days of your life. That's the word of God. 
How many of you know, but if you don't align your yes to it, it's worthless. I mean, for many Christians, the Bible's worthless. Oh, they love, oh, no, I believe in the Bible. No, you don't. You don't reach out and grab a hold of it. You don't act like it's true. You don't live, you don't meditate on the promises. You don't come into agreement with them. You just go through your life like you're a lost person, some lost duck, you know, just going through your life. Are you kidding me? That word, surely goodness and mercy, shall follow you. That word in the, in the Hebrew means, it's a hunting term. It means you're being hunted down by the Holy Spirit so that God can bless you. He's overtaken. Do you understand that word? If somebody came after me and I overtook them, that means I forcefully disarmed them, did whatever. This is a powerful word. God's blessings will overtake you, the Bible says. That's like a forceful move of God in your life to bring you blessing and not harm. This is incredible. Now, if we had the time to go through this entire passage this morning, we'd cover a lot of the amazing promises. I encourage you to read Deuteronomy 28 this week, but I'm just going to give you some of the summary verses. Now, don't drop the ball here. I let you guys preach last week. You did a great job. I'm going to read you a promise. Don't screw it up is what I'm trying to say. Deuteronomy 28, verse 6. This is for you guys. How many of you are heirs to the promise through Abraham because of Jesus Christ? Okay, good. So here's the promise. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. (laughs) That was so bad. (laughs) Can we just have a... How many of you knew... See, some of you, you're like, is that in the Bible? Yeah, there it is, right? I just read it. You're like, seriously? Yeah, it's that good. It's too good. Wherever you go, whatever you do, (laughs) is that broad enough for you guys? You will be It's in the book. Now, you can get all religious on me. Well, you know, I'm not so sure that that, you know. Yeah, just tear up your Bible. Rip it out. Rip out Deuteronomy 28. Throw it in the trash. You don't want to be disturbed by the blessing of God. I understand. I, I understand. Well, you know, pastor, that's just an isolated problem. Oh, let me just jump down a couple verses. Uh, yeah. Um, how about verse 8? The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you. (laughs) See, some of you are going, this is too good to be true. Yeah, let me tell you why it's too good to be true. Because you're not all in yet. Because you know your life. And you know compromise. And you know the way you live. And you're going, this is too good. And here's what you're doing. Not worthy. Not worthy. Not worthy. So jump all in. If that verse is true, I never like to use the phrase devil's advocate because who wants to be the advocate of a loser? But okay. Since that verse is true, what do you do with it? And I'm just trying to get real here today. The Lord will guarantee a blessing. The Bible says that whatever your hand touched, God would prosper that you be blessed coming and you be blessed going. 
that what you did in his name, now listen, some of you need to understand, the perp, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm getting there, Help, hang in there, because some of you are doing the yeah buts in here. This is not a, a material prosperity message, please hear me. This is a get in alignment with the purposes of God and be about your daddy's business and know that you're going to not only have what you need for your life, your family, your situation, but you're going to have more than enough, a supernatural more than enough to accomplish the agenda of God on planet Earth. So, some of you that own your own business, and you're going, oh man, you know, it's so hard. I got to figure all this. I'm staying up late at night. And I, and I get, I, get there's, I understand that there's a burden to run your own business. But how many of you would just like to bring your business and say, Lord, my business exists for your glory and for your blessing so I can bless others. So I'm going to make you the CEO. And I'm going to thank you that you're going to guarantee a blessing to give me wisdom and to cause me to be, have favor in the marketplace. So that... I can take what you're blessing me with and use it for a redemptive kingdom purpose, influence the gospel, Jesus impacting people, buying some Bibles, getting some people free from, from slavery over in Pakistan. I mean, you know what I'm talking about here. This is not some health, wealth, prosperity message I'm laying out to you today, but God was saying this, I'm going to so put my blessing on my people that the earth is going to look at them and go, what is it with you people? I want in on the deal. Now, we were just yesterday, it was such a great day yesterday, Bill and Maggie. Stand up, Bill and Maggie. I'm going to put you on the spot and embarrass you in front of everybody. All right, Bill and Maggie. <laughs> Something amazing happened yesterday. They publicly declared their faith in Jesus Christ, invited some family and friends over. Jerry and Terry, were, uh, as their life group leaders and, and, um, and marriage class leaders, uh, baptized Bill. You were the cause for the baptism, but Maggie said, I want in on this too. Both of them baptized yesterday, but here's what I want you to see. They were hanging out with Christian people, and they said this, we want in on what you all are drinking, all right? We, we want what you have. How many of you know that is the gospel? It's not pulling out a track and trying to... The gospel is what happened to you and look at the blessing on your life and look at the favor on your life and look at the joy in your life. How do I get that? And the gospel is you can become an heir and receive all the good stuff that we're getting because of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross. That's the gospel. And many times people are not resisting the message, they're resisting the people carrying the message. You know it's the truth. Are we moving in supernatural joy? Are we moving as heirs? Are we moving in faith, even when things are going rough? Are we believing that the hand of God is bringing a blessing? And how many of you know, it might not look like it now, but God is not done. God is the God of reversals. God is the God of rapid turnarounds. You remember that story in the Bible. Everybody was starving. Uh, a siege was on the city. And one of the prophets said, by this time tomorrow, it's all going to be lifted and prosperity is coming. They mocked him. This is not going to happen. How could this go on? That's like, you're a crazy man. But for God, God can reverse things in a short amount of time. And I've seen this, people standing on the word, believing God, waiting patiently, waiting patiently, hope deferred, their hearts growing sick. Lord, I trust you, but help my unbelief. Standing, still being faithful, still doing the right thing, still loving, still being people of integrity, faithful, faithful, faithful. Boom, breakthrough happens. 
And just like Joseph, all those years in the, in the prison, all those years when he fought for his integrity, and all of a sudden he's standing and looking out on the very fulfillment of the promise that happened years ago, don't quit on God. God is a blesser. God will give you the desires of your heart. God will fulfill his word in our lives. God will bring about a blessing on what we touch. Now believe it and begin to move in it. Begin to act on it. Begin to live it out. Begin to let it become part of your DNA. Let me move on to the prosperity with a purpose part. Look at, look at Genesis 12 too. This helps us get focused. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Look at verse 3. All of the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, God's speaking to Abraham here. We know that that blessing came down through his loins and generations and out comes Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of that blessing. How many of you know Jesus is is God's open door to the blessings for the nations of the world? God said, Abram, through you and through your simply believing my promise to you, I'm going to bring forth a seed who's going to bless the world. Can I just share with us today that we talked about it last week. What did Jesus live for? He lived for the glory of his father. He lived to please his dad. He lived for his father's purposes. If you will live for your father's purposes, you will see the supernatural provision of God on your life. If you'll live to honor Christ, if you'll live, how about this? Can we live to make a name for Jesus in our generation. It's not about us, it's about him. It's about being hero makers, it's about lifting people up. It's about taking the gospel to unreached places. It's about not shrinking back in fear, but being the church no matter what season that we're in. Are you all with me? If we'll be about our Father's business and we'll be about blessing people, God will always give you more than enough. Now how many of you have ever, I put up my little pinky here because the purpose of God is to be, for, for me and God's blessing on me is so that I would be a great conduit. Early in my life, I had a, a pipe about this big. And I kept saying, God, how come you're not blessing us with more? And the Lord's going, your pipe's too small. I'd like to bless you with more. How many of you know God has to enlarge our capacity? How does God enlarge your capacity? He puts you around need and suffering and pain because it touches you. He also brings you, you know, I love this scene yesterday when Maggie came out of the the pool and she was baptized. She and her husband embraced in those waters and just loved on each other and celebrated what God had done in their life and the blessing on their life. How many of you know that is a picture right there of the way the gospel works? When you see people, when you see a picture like that, Jerry didn't say, hey, you need to double my pay around here so I can see that more of this. No, no. Touching people is reward. Loving people is reward. Helping people is reward. That's why I told Pastor John in Pakistan, I said, hey, if you could send me some videos of the people sharing the difference that their lives have made, because you know why videos are powerful? I want us to get in touch with real faces of real people whose lives are no longer the same because of the generosity of you folks. I also want us to make sure that if our focus is prosperity with a purpose, that that purpose has a capital P, it's the forefront of what we're doing. That's what we're going after all the time, is the purpose of God. 
I'm not here for myself. Eternity is waiting. How many of you know Jesus said, if you'll let my prosperity flow through you, you're going to be storing up treasure in heaven forever and ever and ever that's never going to go away. It'll never rust. It'll, the moths won't eat it. We're going to be investing in things that are eternal. So can I just be loud and clear here today just so no one's accusing me of having the wrong heart or wrong motive? Uh, God does not need our money. Uh, God does not need a church that comes and we're still living under old covenant. You know, I've heard people say, well, you know, um, the, the tithing is in the old covenant. Uh, it doesn't apply to us anymore. And then I've seen people that still keep tithing, but they don't do it in the spirit of grace. They do it as under the law. So they'll write their tithe check out, $128.32. And I'm like, you know, could you just round it up? but they're living under a legalistic view of giving. Or I've heard people say, you know, oh, well, all that church wants is your money. No, let me help you out. You're a greedy person with a heart this big, and you're completely interpreting and putting your values on us. We don't need your money. God doesn't need your $132.29 either. He's bigger than that. You know what? You know why you give? Because your heart's been rocked by God. You know why you give? Because you love him. You know why you give? Because Jesus gave it all for you. That's why you give. You know why you give? Because it's not about this life. And it's not about who has the most stuff. And it's not about bigger. And it's not about better. It's about reaching people. It's about loving God. It's about spending your life so that it leaves a legacy bigger than you. And if you think at this church we care about that, you're at the wrong place. Because if you're not given out of joy and excitement and faith and gratitude, save your money. Just save your money. But I'll tell you something else. The goal is not so that you get your barns built and you got every, all your retirements all set and now you're gonna sit back and live comfortably because I just wanna tell you this. The reason God blesses you is never to replace faith. When you get blessed with more, it means you release more. And there's not a one of us in this room that should ever seek as a goal to get to a place where you do not have to trust God to meet your basic needs because that is what it means to have a vibrant faith. That's what it means for the supernatural to be in your life. There's no room for the supernatural when you're independently comfortable and you got all your ducks in a row and isn't life good. God is not into blessing the American dream. God is in the blessing, his dream. And if we will be a part of the dream of God and we will live radically and we will be so generous and if, and if God speaks to leadership and says, hey, we're supposed to do whatever, I hope I'm pastoring and I know I am. A group of people that say, praise the Lord, we're behind you. Well, pastor, how are we gonna do it? Not a clue. Where's the money gonna come from? I thought you knew. I don't know. But we're going to keep believing that every single thing is this in God's heart. If it'll be in our heart, God will pay the bills. God will blow our minds. God will do things that we never dreamed would happen and cause resources from places we never thought would come. And here's what he says. Living stones, here's what he says. If you will honor me and you'll move in faith with me and you'll fully obey me and you'll trust me, I will cause your name to become famous. Not my name, the name of God's people, God's church. We're going to have influence. 
We're going to have impact. We're going to have resources. We're going to have exposure that will go beyond the four walls of this church. Why? That's the promise God made to Abraham. God would bless us with stuff, too, because stuff's important for caring for people. I just picked up the phone and called our builder this week and said, we need to talk. Now hear me, not because I'm looking to build something tomorrow, because I'm moving in faith, because if I don't start dreaming now, and we don't start dreaming now, we're going to miss the boat on tomorrow. We're already having space issues. We want to reach more people in this region. We want to have a greater reach in the nations of the world. We want to see Christ exalted. So you know what? We keep dreaming. We keep dreaming. We keep dreaming. We keep reaching out. We keep saying, Lord, what are you doing? But we're not going to shrink back in faith. We're not going to live full of unbelief. We're going to grab a hold of our inheritance and believe what God said is true. Are you with me this morning? Let me connect the dots between the old and the new. Galatians 3, 8 and 9. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, here it is, Genesis 12, 3, all the nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. How many of you know Genesis 12 is for you? God wants to bless the nations of the world through you. God wants to bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. God is for you and not against you. God will lead you. Let me end with this because I, I, I don't even have three minutes. I'm three minutes over, two minutes over. Here's the pathway to the prosperity of God and the provision of God. Number one, listen to God's voice. And I'm talking here about his word and his whisper. Notice the Bible says, fully obey the Lord and carefully keep all of his commands. Fully obey the Lord, carefully keep all all of his commands. We've got to hear God's voice. We've got to obey him. Look at, look at the second point here. You've got to leave the old life and you've got to go. The Lord said to Abram, leave and go. And I want to encourage some of you this morning, please don't try to live this, this life out with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. Some of you need to get me all in. Some of you have been doing the, the tightrope dance. You've been double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't be unstable. Don't be double-minded. Man, let's, how about we put all of, all of who we are into following Jesus? Anybody with me on that? All of who we are into following Jesus. And lastly, live for God's glory. Why did God exalt his people, the nation of Israel? Because the nation of Israel was a picture of the blessing and provision of God for the world to see. How many know they still are? That's why God says, bless them. He'll bless those who bless them. We're pro-Israel here. We invest in Israel. We bless them. Because God said, if you'll bless them, I'm going to bless you. How many of you know that's just simple logic right there? I'd rather be blessed than cursed. So we're going to bless what God blesses. Uh, and we're going to keep investing. So here's the deal. Uh, live for the glory of God. Live to please Him. 
Use his resources for his glory. And watch, watch yourself become a conduit of blessing to other people. Look for, I would encourage some of you that just need to stir some stuff up. Look for people this week that you can go find some way to bless them. Bless them financially. Bless them with your time. Bless, help them. Serve them. Bless them with clothes. I don't know what they need, but find somebody this week. Just go bless them in Jesus' name. Start the process going in your life so that the blessings of God can overtake you. And then tell us about it. Because we want to hear it. There's a let close with this. There's a lady here this morning, one of our long timers, uh, senior saints here. She said, When I first came to this church, your dad, my dad, challenged us about something financial. And at that time, she was broke, nothing. You know what she did? I love this. She took out a piece of paper and she wrote down the amount of money that God had put on her heart and she put IOU. She didn't sign her name or anything on it. Next week, my dad got up and he said, hey, one of you just wrote me an IOU, and he, he, he talked about it in front of everybody because he thought it was really cool. But that IOU between God Almighty and that woman is powerful because what she was saying was, you know what? I am moved to obey God right now and to give, and I have nothing. But you know what I do have? I got a piece of paper and a pen, and I'm writing an IOU. She said one of her greatest joys was when she put in the offering basket paid in full because God had blessed her and prospered her along the way and she was able to fulfill the IOU that she made between her and the Lord to bless God's people and listen, to move in obedience. I want to encourage you, especially during this time, you know, I sent an email to a guy, like I shared earlier, is struggling this week because a lot of stuff's going on, but I just reminded him of several things. God loves you. I love you. God is for you. God's going to get the glory through the situation. Don't quit. Don't be discouraged. These are exciting times. Your best days are ahead. None of it looks that way now. But God loves it when people simply believe him and tell the truth no matter what it looks like. God loves it because God works to perform his word. And he's looking for people that will simply say, yes, 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 yes. Be one of those crazy people, will you? Be one of those people who prophesies the truth into other people's lives when it doesn't look like it at all. And you'll see the glory of the Lord. Stand to your feet. I want to pray over us. Oh, thank you. Father, we receive... These stunning promises, God. Forgive us where we've wallowed in unbelief, Lord. Forgive us where we've shrunken back and we've not grabbed a hold of what you've said. Lord, if we can just read Deuteronomy 28, if we could just grab Genesis 12 and meditate on it and begin to declare it over our marriages, over our children, over our work. And then, Lord, we carefully obeyed what you told us to do. God, I thank you and I prophesy that the blessings of heaven begin to overtake your people, Lord, that we would see your mercies and your kindness and your, our answers to prayer and provision in ways that we never imagined. And God, that you would help us to do crazy big things. Lord, even I cry out as a shepherd of this flock, God, I want bigger dreams and a bigger picture of your heart a bigger understanding of what it is that you're doing, Lord. We want to spend our lives pursuing your purposes, Lord. So God, give us dreams, fresh dreams of what it is that you're doing. 
And then, Lord, help us to step out of faith. I just speak blessing over our people, Lord. May the Lord bless you. And may he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he surround you with his favor like a shield. May he bless all that you put your hands to. May he bless your coming and your going. And everything that you do, may you experience the smile of heaven on your life. And Lord, I just pray supernatural fruitfulness and blessing over your people now for your glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.